to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. number five and then on Wednesday we'll look at pillar number six and then number seven we'll look at it um, not the next week because the next because Sunday is anniversary week we'll look at number seven on partnership Sunday because it's a pillar of giving so we'll look at it on partnership Sunday uh, when is partnership Sunday September 20 something right yeah last Sunday of September most likely don't let it catch you by surprise now for those who are just joining us We've been looking at the pillars of our ministry, and the first one we mentioned was devotion to God through the word, through prayer, and through holiness. The second one we mentioned was, the second one, the second pillar is, uh, why aren't you saying it with confidence? So loyalty to the vision and the visionary. And then the third pillar, the pillar of attendance, right? And then the fourth pillar discipleship the pillar of discipleship so today we're looking at the pillar of service to god this is one of my favorite you will understand that even like let's say the offering we just gave god in worship god should never force you to do that never never you'll see as we go on Now, the term service means the action of helping someone or doing work for them. So if somebody says, can you be of service to me, it means there's probably some work that they want you to do for them, right? So the term service refers to that. And from what the media have communicated to me, so now we are looking at service, which means the action of doing work 
or helping someone. And there are three major points I'll focus on. And then one of the points has points. So the first point when it comes to service to God is that um, you must be willing to serve. You must be willing to serve. I want you to observe the language of God in Exodus 35. It was actually Exodus 35 and verse 5. Observe the language of God. Okay. So now, God wanted a particular service from the Israelites, and this was a service of offering, right? Eh. Yeah, so God wanted a service of offering. <laughs> I'm just surprised it's on. And he said, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Notice the words. Whoever is willing whoever is of a willing heart let him bring it as an offering to the lord god silver and bronze now you can apply this to every other act of service that we do towards god you must be willing to do it you can see the result of this in exodus 35 and verse 21 that's what the bible says then everyone came whose heart was steered, and everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, and for the holy garments. So everyone whose heart was steered, and whose spirit was willing. Are you willing to serve God? By the way, let me mention this. Um, for those who may not know, that primarily... When we serve in the house of God, it's not a man we are serving. It's a God we are serving. Look at 1 Samuel chapter number 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And from verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord in those days was rare in those days because there was no widespread revelation. This is what it means. If Eli said, hey, Samuel, go get me a candle. In heaven, it was recorded as Samuel was ministering to the Lord. You'll see as we go on. When Samuel swept the place where Eli was perhaps going to pray, in heaven, it was recorded as Samuel was ministering to the Lord. So any act of service you do in the house of God, whether it's your head Asha has sent you, go carry a chair from that side in heaven. It's recorded as service to God. That's how it's recorded. So never forget the aspect of heart, acts of service. And so the first one, like I said, the first thing you must know about serving is you must be willing to serve. The second one is you must avail yourself to serve. You must avail yourself. How many of you remember when I spoke about, no, no, this was in the leadership, the leadership uh, trainings that we've been doing. Those of you who are leaders, last week, Monday, Deaconess Johanna taught about every leader going the extra mile, right? Was it Tuesday? On Tuesday, Deaconess Johanna taught about every leader going the extra mile. And we said something. We said, if you're going to serve in the house of God, there has to be a date inconveniences you. 
It's not possible for you to serve God effectively. And there are no days when you have to change your schedule for the sake of the house of God. There are days it will inconvenience you. It can change your program. And that's why it's one thing to be willing. It's another thing to be available. If you're going to be available to serve in the house of God, there has to be times you have to sacrifice time for other things. There are some people who can't miss their favorite movie. They can't miss anything else. And you find the person lives just there. I mean just there. And then we need, let's say, chairs packed before service. And they don't avail themselves. But in their heart, they are very willing. You know, you can have a very good heart, but you just don't know how to make yourself available. Sometimes being available is a skill. You find ways to make yourself available. If it means you do things so efficiently elsewhere, you do, imagine you start to practice a higher level of efficiency because you have to avail yourself for the house of God. Do you know that there are some people who even plan their leave days around being available to serve? I know of people who plan their leave days around ensuring that before important events like anniversary or dominion conference or any of those things, they have at least a day off so that they can just come and find themselves being available and helping. You have to avail yourself to serve. You have to lend a helping hand. Praise God. Look at Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 8. And the Bible says, Also, I heard, Isaiah 6, 8, very quickly please. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Somebody lift your hands before God and say, Lord, here am I. I said, lift your hands. Say, Lord, here am I. I'm available for service. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. Now, the third one is where I'm going to focus. And this one, you're going to have to get it. And I know you're anointed to hear me. So you will get it. And this is the one where I'm going to pay attention on. You have to be anointed to serve. <laughs> You have to be anointed to serve. Are you aware that to serve in the house of God needs the anointing? Now, what is to be anointed? It's to be set apart, appointed, right? And commissioned for a specific task. Now, you have to be anointed to serve. Let me give you a few examples. Now, Recently, we've obviously had some national events, right? Could you just wake up and say, ah, you know what? I just love His Excellency so much that I'm just going to go and be His personal usher for, for the meeting. I'll, I'll just be the one to, to be His usher. And so I'll just go with a card written usher. And when he's inspecting the guard, I'll make sure I'm right behind him. Okay. <laughs> you experience it. Notice at any level, whether it's at national level, whether it's at corporate level, it's not everyone who's been given the entitlement to serve. As a matter of fact, at corporate level, 
and there is an important meeting, and you are the one given the task to carry the laptop bag of the MD, it's not seen as a small thing. It's clear that this is the one being groomed. This is the one in line. So even at corporate level, they look at service. It, it's something that's worthy of honor. And I'm telling you that even with the house of God, you actually must be anointed to serve. Wait, we're going somewhere. <laughs> now, in the Old Testament, God didn't choose just anyone for service. God chose priests. Exodus chapter 28, verse 41. And then God didn't just choose the priests. He trained them. They were not just chosen. They were trained. They would be told how to do what. I would be amazed if any workforce member ever missed a training meeting after this. We haven't yet gotten a hate today. So, <laughs> Exodus 28, verse 41. Let's, let, let's continue. The Bible says, So you shall put them on Aaron your brother and on his sons with him. You shall, pay attention, anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them that they may minister to me as priests. NLT. Clothe Aaron and his sons with these garments, and then anoint and ordain them. Set them apart as holy, so they can serve as my priests. Ladies and gentlemen, service to God was not cheap. People had to be anointed. They had to be consecrated. They had to be set apart from everybody else. And hands were laid on them, and they were ordained so they could serve as priests. Now, you may wonder, what kind of service did they do? Uh, take time to study the book of Numbers, Leviticus. You'll see what kind of service they did. They are the ones who would slaughter the cow. They are the ones who would slaughter the, the lamb. They are, who, who, they are the ones who would clean up afterwards. They are the ones who would ensure the sanctuary of God is clean. Carrying the ark, they were the ones who are carrying it. So some of their work may have seemed very physical, but in, in God's sight, it was interpreted as very spiritual. Somebody say glory to God. So in case you think the priests were always just sitting singing hallelujah, hallelujah, that wasn't the case. They actually had some very physical tasks to do, but had to do them with a very spiritual heart. So service can get very physical, but your heart must be very spiritual. Let's say somebody's handling the accounts of the church. That's very physical. That takes the brain. It's very mental. But the heart must be very spiritual. You must see it as service to God. When you understand that, you'll realize that you can serve God with your mind. Like some, of, some people may just be very good at ideas. They just know how to put things together. You can actually serve God with your mind. You can serve God with your strength. You can serve God with your emotional intelligence. You can just be the one ensuring everyone in church is comfortable. Everyone's heart is in the right place. You can serve God with anything that you have to offer. But ladies and gentlemen, you must actually be anointed to serve. Let's continue. Now, despite the fact that God chose very few people, he chose a single tribe, 
to be his priests. God's desire in his heart was always to have an entire nation of priests. So where I said you must be anointed to serve, I can in other words say you must be a priest to serve. But God's desire was always to have an entire nation of priests. Not just two, not just four, not just Aaron, not just Frederick. He wanted to have an entire nation of priests. I'm sure you saw that in one of the verses. Concerning Frederick. Praise God. <laughs> he wanted an entire nation of priests. Men and women. Now, how do we know? Look at what, how he expresses his heart in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 to 6. You really have to follow me on this one. By the time we are done, <laughs> you know whether you're serving God or whether you haven't been. And then apart from that, you, I think you'll make the right decisions in this area. Exodus 19, verse 5. And I hope you're also all seeing why it's important to read both the Old and the New Testament. Okay? Now, notice, and for those who are joining us for the first time, or maybe you're new with us, especially for those who are planning to stay longer, with me, get ready to not just have one verse. By the time we are done, I said by the time we're done, a few years ago, we, uh, there was a Bible school that was exhibiting, and a few of our members had like, passed through the exhibit. And when they asked them questions, they wondered if these guys had been in Bible school. How, <laughs> they wondered. And they'd know they've been to foundation class. So now the Bible says, now notice this is God's heart towards the people. He says, now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for the earth is mine. Hey, next verse. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation. These are the words you shall speak to the children of Israel. Didn't say to the men of Israel. Didn't say to the boys of Israel. Didn't say to the sons of Aaron. It said to all of Israel. So God's desire was always to have more than just a tribe serving him. His desire was to have an entire nation, an entire kingdom of priests. And he shows us in the verse before that this kingdom of priests will be a special treasure to him they'll actually be a treasure. And you'll prize them above even others. Because you know you can grow in favor with God. Eh? Jesus grew in favor with God and with man. Abraham had such favor with God that God had dinner at his house. As a matter of fact, Abraham, I don't know whether I can say he tricked God. He said, come, just have like a cup of water and maybe this. And then he goes to tell his wife, prepare a calf. And if you know how long it takes to prepare a calf, then you know that him and God had communion for a while. 
Let's not get tempted. I was about to talk about. So God had a bride. Okay, let's continue. <laughs> now, <laughs> obviously, the priests, the Israelites did not manage to all be priests. And because of that, not all of them could serve in the house of God. Because they were not anointed to do so. As a matter of fact, there's a guy who tried. His name was Uzzah. You've heard of him? You can see him in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. The ark of the Lord was coming. He thought it was going out of place. So the guy tried to help God. And he was struck dead. Why? Because he wasn't anointed to touch it. He wasn't anointed to serve. When God would descend on a mountain, if even a cow touched that mountain, it had to be stoned to death. Because not everyone was anointed to actually serve God. And if you had to study the way it was, even among the priests, there were levels in terms of anointing. The high priest was the only one who was anointed to enter the most holy place. The tabernacle had three parts. Okay? And the high priest could go behind the second veil. He could go way behind the veil once a year and do the protocols in the right way. So he had to be trained well. And he would have a bell tied around his leg so that if he messed up and God struck him and he died, they would hear the bell has stopped ringing and they would pull him out. Serving God wasn't taken lightly. The priests also had their own sacrifices that they could do. In short, there were priests who were there to worship for others. You, you know that. They would make confession for others. I can only imagine, you know, I know how curious I am. I can imagine myself as a young boy. And we've gone to the temple. And I'm running around. And I'm thinking, what's behind there? And they would tell me, no, 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 you can never see what's behind there. I'm like, Why? Who's behind there? And I'm told, the Holy Spirit. And it was a scary thought that a person would interact with God. Why do you think? Jacob was shocked. He's like, you know what? I've just seen God face to face and I'm alive. It wasn't taken lightly. If we could go back years in time and show them some of the privileges that we have, let me not get ahead of myself. So they were not all priests. Not everyone could serve in the house of God. You had to be born into the priesthood and then trained. But God had a plan. <laughs> you see, God wanted a nation of priests. So he sent Jesus and assigned Jesus to be our new High priests. And if you had to study in the scriptures, Jesus was appointed in the order of Melchizedek. And if you remember when Melchizedek met Abraham and blessed Abraham, what did Melchizedek come with? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. And then Abraham gave a tithe, right? Now, similarly, when Jesus, as our high priest, is with the disciples. 
and is initiating the new covenant. What does he tell them to have? Bread and wine. So he was now restoring a new priesthood order, which was in the order of Melchizedek. That's a story for another day. I know the Melchizedek one, usually that one. Even Paul said, we have much more to say about this one. But there's a lot that the scripture says. We just have to see it. But just notice those elements. So God sends Jesus to be the new high priest. Now, if you've studied salvation, you know what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just come to forgive. He did what other priests couldn't do. Other priests could cover sins. Jesus took them away. And then apart from that, that's why him is the lamb of God that takes away the sin of man. That's who he is. And then apart from that, Jesus made provisions not just for us to be forgiven. He made provisions for us to die and rise with him. That's why it's called being born again. Because you are born and it, it's not like being renewed or being, or adding it's, it's, it's not even about changing. It's beyond that. It's a whole different person. The Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Now, the question is, what lineage were these people born in? Because in the Old Testament, if you were born in the lineage of Levi, you could serve as a priest. How much more those born in the lineage of God? <laughs> Born in the very lineage of God. What are they? And how do they? <laughs> Let's continue. In the New Testament, Jesus is our new high priest. And you can see in Hebrews 8 verse 3 that his role as a high priest is not to just sit and be a high priest. Being a high priest meant there's some work you have to do. And that's why Paul says, um, for every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also having something to offer. The high priest Jesus was appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. A priest was not there for nothing. He had to have something to offer. And what did he offer? His blood. The ultimate sacrifice. And what does he continually offer till today? Intercession. And then what else has he done? He, instead of having the veil and being the only one there, he tore it and said, you guys cannot come. Come see him. Come behold him. Come, come adore him. Come know him. And he says, you don't even have to pray. You, you don't even have to ask me to tell him. Like he's right here. Talk to him. He's your daddy now. That's the kind of high priest we have. And then what has he done with us? First Peter chapter 2. Hey, let's start from verse 3. This is where you get it, by the way. This is where it all comes together. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Let's be going on. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Let's go on. You also, so who is the living stone? Jesus. And then we are told, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house. I think I explained to the leaders, right? Was it the leaders who I explained to that? That's why we're called COL, City of the Lord Church, because we believe that the City of the Lord is not made up just of any kind of stones. It's made up of living stones. So you are that city. Now it says you also are being built up a spiritual house. Now observe this. A holy priesthood. Wait there. 
So Jesus is our high priest now, right? And then remember, we are now born again, so we are born into his lineage. And one of the things we've been born as is we've been born as priests. A holy priesthood. Anyone who's born again is a priest. Is a holy priesthood. Now, you're not a priest for nothing. It says a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And not just any kind of sacrifices, but acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Pause there. My friend, are you doing your priestly duties? Are you doing your priestly duties? I've had days where I'm praying. Let's say I'm worshiping the Lord. And this used to happen a lot, especially the, a few years ago. And I would hear him say, do you know how very few people are doing this? Like, when was the last time you just said, hey, I, oh, my goodness, I need to fulfill my priestly duty. Let me set aside the next 20, 30 minutes and just sing hallelujah to the Lord. Because if I don't do it, who will? Do you know it's your duty to do that? And what does the Bible say about your servant when he does his duty? It says, if you've read what Jesus said about a servant and his duty, I think we talked about that in the leadership classes, right? On every leader a servant. Dugan Shemaya talked about that. When a servant has done what he's supposed to do, Jesus said he doesn't, he, he doesn't even sit to eat. He stands as the master eats. He only eats afterwards. And then afterwards, he doesn't praise himself. He says, we are undeserving servants. It's your duty. It's not even something you have to praise yourself about. Ah, me. Yeah, worship. I give God 30 minutes worship a day. It's, it's not, I don't know what's there to boss. It's your duty as a priest. It's your duty as a priest. Yes, we can honor you. We can recognize you. We can get inspired by you. But ideally, ideally, unless you think it's me you're working for, ideally, you shouldn't need the congratulations for parking a chair after service. You shouldn't need the congratulations from your department head for being in the right uniform. No, because the priests, do you know, God was strict even with their uniforms. You know, they had to dress a certain way. I, I don't know if you're aware. It, it, was, it was a whole system. They had to be taught. It wasn't, they were born into it, but they were taught. They were trained. What do you think would have been done to someone who didn't attend their trainings? They wouldn't be allowed to serve them. As in there is a way they had to serve it. And similarly, we've been told that we are a priesthood. Give me back the verse. We've been told that we are being built up a spiritual house. We are the city of the Lord for crying out loud. And we are a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. In case you didn't know, the first verse God gave me as a revelation of our ministry was this one. That's why for me, I'll be offended if we're all having a moment worshiping God and you're the only one doing like this. Seriously, one of these days, I might just walk to you and say, what's up? Like, come on, we're a priesthood. Let's, let's offer up the spirit. Because it goes before God as an offering. 
You know it goes before God as a memorial. Meaning probably he watches it time and time again. Ask Cornelius. An angel comes and says, look, you, your prayers and your giving has come up before God as a memorial. Ask Dorcas. Dorcas died. Dorcas died. And then the women start showing the things she used to do for them. And Peter had to excuse them. She had to come back. It, it came before God as a memorial. Ask Elisha. When the king asked, is there not a prophet in the land? One of the servants said, there is a man called Elisha. And he didn't say Elisha used to see. There's, he didn't say Elisha saw visions. No. What he said is there's a man called Elisha who poured water on the hands of Elijah. They knew in that time that a person who serves, that's the one. That's the language they understood. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a priesthood and we've been appointed to offer up sacrifices. The day you understand this, the day you understand this, some of those childish things. Like, you can't serve God today. Because there's someone you're not getting along with in church. Listen, are relationships important? Yes. Let's deal with that. That's more on fellowship and communion. Service to God, don't, don't you dare touch that. That's too holy to be touched by that. Imagine one day you present yourself before God and he asks you, why didn't you serve me on the 28th of August? No, God I didn't like the uniform. <laughs> or, no God, I woke up late. No, come on. You have to serve God with everything. And your service to God must be holy. It's, it's holy before him. It's untouchable. It's unparalleled. It's something that nothing should ever be able to affect. That's your service to him. Nothing should ever affect that. Nothing should ever affect your service to God. You know, there was something quite touching that happened. Um, I don't think I was talking about it here. There was one service. Um, I think the mixer was down. If you remember, I had to stand before you and tell you we're trying to sort it out, right? And one of the gentlemen had a funeral, so they were on the way for the barrier. It was a very, it was a funeral close to home. It wasn't a far one. Without my permission, they turned around from the taxi to come and ensure that that thing was sorted. I was touched. I was. Now, afterwards, of course, we, we, we sent them back quickly. But guess what? Chances are high that had they not allowed themselves to be inconvenienced despite the emotional state, you wouldn't have had a proper service. So how is that counted before God? How is that counted before God? And you know, interestingly, I've got a feeling there are certain stories that we still don't know up to now. Some that we'll never know. But I, I can't wait one day to stand before God and God will say, do you know, my son, that there's that one 
That one you see. That one who some of the friends would always laugh at, that they always come to church sweating. Do you know that they would walk? You know, there's, there's a young man who came to my office one day, and he came quite late, and I'd asked him to come see me. And so, you know, I don't like people being late. But nevertheless, it was our first time meeting like that, so I had to be nicer. So I asked him, I said, why were you so late? And that's the day I discovered that the young man would walk for every Sunday service. He would walk from somewhere um, uh, where there's near Mutumbi area for every Sunday service. Every Sunday service. <laughs> and somebody else, I remember um, they had missed the church bus. I told them, oh, I wanted, you to, I wanted to see you today, but it's okay, I'll see you next week. By the time I was done with service, they had walked here from Chalala. I was touched. Why? For them, it's like it was so holy to them that they had to find their way. Ladies and gentlemen, never let your service to God be affected by anything. That's too holy. Like, set Christ apart. Consecrate. Set Christ apart. Are you aware that there are certain professions where even if you have a day off, there's a way you have to be on alert in case of an emergency? There are some professions which your vacation will be stopped if it has to be in the event of an emergency because that profession is considered too important. And then even if, let's say, you're going on a break, you have to put things in so much order. Are you aware of that? Imagine what would happen if the ones who provide the basic needs in the nation, imagine what would happen if the banks switched off all their computers because it's a holiday. Boom, computers are off. No one can transact. <laughs> imagine if the police said, hey, Guys, everyone just do whatever you want to do today. We're all off. <laughs> a holiday is not even a holiday for everyone. Someone asked me about a certain holiday. I said, ah, for a pastor, that's the day we receive the most calls. Because everyone is home. So even those who wanted to call you the other day, <laughs> that's the day they call you. <laughs> I'm serious. Ask my wife. That's, that's like sometimes that's the busiest day, actually. That's the day everyone who needs a visitation will call you. Now, for you as a priest, I want you to realize you, you don't have a day off. Of course, there are days where you might not do it like other days. But there should always be a part of you that's thinking, I need to serve God, I need to serve God, I need to serve God. I hope you're hearing me. Never deny God that moment of worship. Never deny God that moment of praise. Never deny God that. Imagine when you say, today I'm just praising him with a bigger offering than before. Or today I'm just going to find someone who needs something. And as a service to God, I'll just help them with it. Imagine that. Like, as a service to God, I'll just find somebody who really needs a meal tonight and I'll be the reason they have it. As a service to God. Just between God and I. Now let's wrap up. Ladies and gentlemen, Romans 12 verse 1 from the Amplified, very quickly. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you. 
in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. When you see words like rational, it means it's not something that happens by accident. You think about it. You plan it. You plan, I'll serve God like this, like this, like this. Even when you make resolutions for the year and when you also review your previous year, do you assess your service to God? Or do you think you're, do, you're doing us a favor when you come to church? Do you think you're doing us a favor when you join a department? If you do it for Akaluluma, you will receive Akaluluma's reward. Now imagine if you do it for God. Praise God. Imagine if you do it for God who's able to search the intents of the heart. The one who can search the mind. The one who even knows it's a sacrifice even when we all don't understand. The one who knows that for some, getting a uniform can be nothing. For others, they've sacrificed their lunch money for the, for, for, I don't know. There are others who, to see the, you'd be amazed. There are some who have got way less money but are always in the right uniform. How do you think they manage? It's intentional. It's a sacrifice. Some people do away with certain uh, luxuries. Others balance and rationalize their needs just to be of service to God. What does the Bible promise about such? There will be a special treasure. A special treasure. Where God looks and smiles. Praise God. And remember, he has made us kings and priests unto God. Now, service is spiritual. That's why in Romans 1.9 it says, God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. And... It, it's something that's very spiritual. It's, it's something that happens when you recognize that as priests, we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for God. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15, it says from the NIV that he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So as priests, how can you serve God? In this house, for example, join a department. That's one way you can. Analyze your skill set. Is there any aspect of your skill set which as a church we may be lacking or we may need more of? For example, I'd be shocked if you're in here and you can play an instrument and you know you can play really well and you just sit. You're waiting for us to see a vision about it. <laughs> no, there's someone this side. You can play this. No, 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 no. There are others who can sing very well. But the reason why you've not joined the team is you don't like the rules. I, I don't know if somebody's getting my point. There are others who's at the umpondo. But you see that we need security. <laughs> Someone is busy trying to mess us mpondo na akala pansi. Hey. Praise God. And usually, if you know that you are, you've got a certain skill set and you can be of service, and you find yourself not being of service, either because you don't want to follow how we do it because of training, or you just want to be followed, usually you become a big critic. You become a critic. Eh, 
Couldn't they have done like a flower like that? Or couldn't the ABCD have been done like this? The person who carried pastor's Bible today almost fell. Oh, this and this and that. <laughs> I'm just saying. So you can join a department, for example. We've got ushering. We've got hospitality. We've got protocol. We've got media. We've got helps. We've got security. Have I left out any? I said hospitality. And of course, we've got the deco department. And not forget it, we've got the sweet service of Zion. Bear with me, I'm under pressure. <laughs> we've got campus for ministries. Look, we've got campus ministry. Where those who are in uh, tertiary education should automatically be part of. We've got the Zion Kids ministry. Praise God. We've got evangelism ministry. We've got the prayer ministry, where people have just dedicated themselves. We've got the virtual church. It's, I, I, it's something that we heavily support. You, you just know that you, there's a way you handle TikTok and whatnot. You can get us, I don't know how many members from which places. Come help us. I don't know if you're getting my point. You know, with our videos recently, the country that viewed one of our videos the most was actually Jamaica because of TikTok. By then, I didn't even download TikTok. But we've got people who gave themselves to serve. We've got the young adults ministry, the men's ministry, the women's ministry. We've got all sorts of platforms in which you can be useful. We've got the people that help, help ensure that there are no health hazards and all those things. The, the risk wing. We've got so many platforms. We've got heaven cares. The others who've been texting, I've got a lot of clothes I want to give out. We've got platforms for that. What am I trying to say? Find a way to be of service in the house of God. Was well, someone waiting for me to say, we've got the board. We've got the <laughs> <laughs> that one is not, that one is not, <laughs> that one is the difference between, <laughs> that one is you did not choose me, I chose you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, find a way to be of service to God. You can do physical tasks. You can take part in activities in the church. Where is that young lady? One is usually the earliest these days. One of the earliest. More blessing. Where are you at? Where is she? She's in the hospitality department. That young lady knows how to set up media stuff. Even some of our deco people can set up media stuff. And a few others who... I just don't have time to mention right now. Some people like from the sweet service and all those. But what I'm trying to say is the person just decided to give herself to serve it. Then there are others who, let's say, their job cannot manage to, even if they wanted to be the one coming to set up every Saturday, they can't manage. But what if they just decided, I'll buy water for everyone who's available to set up? What are they doing? They're participating. They're finding a way to still be involved in the house of God. Now, I'll tell you this as I close. Ah, if I were you guys, I would love me for this sermon. <laughs> Can I tell you why? Imagine, if you had to follow what I've told you, this is what will happen to your life. Exodus 19, verse 5. <laughs> Imagine what will happen if you follow what I've told you. If you indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you'll be a special treasure 
to me above all, for the earth is mine. What am I trying to say? Do you know why I think you should love me for teaching you this? Because one day you'll stand before God and you'll be excited, you'll be happy, knowing that there is a reward waiting for you because you learned how to serve him. These are sermons that secure your eternity. These are sermons that secure your eternal reward. Ladies and gentlemen, never take service to God lightly. Praise God. So the next time we say, sing hallelujah to the Lord, what would you do? Or when we say, I have come to lift up my hands, what will you do? You lift up your hands. Or when we say, I have come to give you a dance. I don't know if you're hearing my point. Or when we say, you'll do it. All those, don't take them lightly. Don't take them lightly. And as we are heading towards our fourth anniversary, this was the message I wanted you to hear. You know why? You know why this was the message I wanted you to hear? Because what I really desired is that we come to a place where we realize that even as a ministry, this one is our calling as a ministry, if there's something that we should inspire even other ministries, or if anyone is, let's say, is in Lusaka and only happens to visit for one day, if there's something that should end up impacting their lives, it should be, they should see a people who genuinely are hungry for God and are also aware that God must be served with excellence. People who are excited to pray, excited to hear the announcements, excited when others are giving testimonies, people who are excited to testify, excited to hear the word of God, excited to praise, excited to dance, excited to give, people who just want to be involved in anything that God is doing. That we should never lose. That should never be lost. That's, that, that, that for me is our mark of excellence. It's no point being excellent in other areas if we can't be excellent in our service to God. Praise God. Praise God. So it's just one more, one, one more comment just for the sake of your mind, right? I'll give you an example. You know, I, let me give an example of the setup, right? I'm sure you've noticed over the years we've kept improving the setup and the like. And you see how it will be even after, especially somewhere end of September and the like, there's a difference for adding. You know how we go before God and we say, my hallelujah belongs to you. You know that in the same way, we can make the place look so nice and say, and then tell him, you deserve it. Because we're not just hungry for him. We want to serve him excellently. And to serve him well. 
I would be amazed if someone chose to be the one who will be in the wrong uniform after this. <laughs> when it says they all match information. Okay. Let's have a minute. I would like to invite us, uh, before I invite us all to stand, I would like to give this opportunity to anyone in this place who's not yet a priest, someone who's not born again. Now, usually when we call for this altar call, there are usually two categories of people. Also to say, in a way, three. One of the categories are those who from the innermost of their heart, they know it that they are not born again. They know they are not saved. That's why one of the worst statements for them to hear is, if Jesus came today, because they know if they stood before God, the chances are not high of them making it. They'll have to negotiate their way in. And we all know heaven doesn't work like that. Imagine going to the airport not sure if you will leave the country. Now imagine that. Going to the airport not sure if you, if you got a ticket. Not sure if and when you've got a passport, you know it. And it's the same thing with heaven. If you're making it, you'll know it. And number two, there are some who, where maybe you are brought up this way or you had made this decision, but you've lost it. You've backslidden. Perhaps your heart has been turned by something. And usually when your heart is not right before God, you know it. The Bible says, who knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man within him. And there are others who've been religious all their lives. But they just know God is not yet in them. They know they've never had that moment where they've confessed him as Lord over their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus wants another priest. He needs another one. But first, he has to save your soul. Now when we call for these order calls, there are some who feel shy. There are some who say they will do it from their seat. There are some who are afraid of what others will think of them. But I think what should concern you more is what Jesus is thinking. So if there's anyone here who any of those three categories I've mentioned appeals to them. And don't be in the maybe category. If you're in the maybe category, the Bible says make your election sure. So if there's anyone who any of these categories appeals to them, within a minute, just raise your hand and raise it high. Okay, if you are watching us online and you are in that category, then you'll say this prayer after me. By the way, I hope there is no one who sat on it. Because this one is a very important one. Praise God. It's a very important one. I just wish we could envision it differently. It's like I'm here and I'm giving out a million dollars and I've said, check your accounts. Then I've said, oh, is there anyone who hasn't received? You'd want to be the first to lift your hand if it's not there, right? So just to be clear, is there anyone who hasn't received Jesus in their heart? Anyone who's not saved? We just need to make sure because we want everyone to have Jesus. Anyone? Okay, give your neighbor a look. Are you the one? <laughs> okay, if they're all saved, then it's okay. 
Now, for those who are watching, say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from today, I'm born again. Amen. Glory to God. Now, there's a form for you to fill in. Whether you're listening to this via podcast or you're watching it live, or you're watching it even some days from now, there's a form for you to fill in. Fill it in. If you can't see it, just contact us. Uh, you can send us a message on any of our pages and we'll respond. For a minute, I want everyone to stand. And then I want everyone to lift their hands. Just lift your hands. Eyes closed. And I want you to imagine the throne room of God. And you're there. Thank you. And the Bible says, give him an offering of words. I want you to give him an offering of words. Don't ask for anything. Don't talk about your needs. As his priest, give him an offering of words for a minute. Let your glory fill this house. Let your praises fill our hearts. And let each vessel for us to you that sacrifice of praise give him an offering of words let your glory fill this house and let your praises fill my heart And let each vessel offer up to you that sacrifice of praise. For you are glorious and worthy to be praised, the Lamb upon the throne and unto you we lift our voice in praise the Lamb upon the throne for you are glorious and worthy to be served. You're the Lamb upon the throne. Oh, and unto you we lift our voice in praise. You're the Lamb, the Lamb upon the throne. So my hallelujah belongs to you. Come on, just one more minute. And my hallelujah belongs.
sing my hallelujah my hallelujah belongs to you sing my hallelujah my hallelujah belongs to you now sing all of my worship my worship belongs to you Bethel just help me out All of my worship belongs to you. Worship. All of my worship belongs to you. Oh God, all of my worship. God, all of my worship belongs to you. just envisioned you know what I just envisioned I just envisioned saying give the Lord the Mexican wave imagine how it would go down for Jesus oh wow what a service I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.